behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. We welcome you into another episode of the Score North Taxi Squad with arms wide open. I'm inspired by Creed, just like the Minnesota Vikings were in their win against the Chicago Bears over the weekend. Welcome in, everybody. I'm Jason Stormer, along with Artis Woods and AJ Fredrickson. Big episode this week. As always, we'll recap the Vikings and the Bears game. Take a look at some headlines throughout the week in Vikings news. And, of course, preview Monday Night Football with the San Francisco 49ers coming to town. Gentlemen, another Wednesday night with the boys. How are we feeling today? Take it away, AJ. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm a little tired, but uh, you know, it's another. It's it's nice to uh, record one of these after a Vikings win. We haven't really had the the opportunity to do so too many times. That being said, we'll talk about it more. I'm still not impressed or sold on this team whatsoever. That was a bad win. That was an ugly win. That was just a bad game of football all around. But uh, you know, I guess it's it's a win is a win. Do something against the Niners, but we'll talk about it more. Artist, how are you on this Wednesday night? I'm pretty good, man. I'm well rested. I got a nice full night of rest and sleep, dude. I came home after work, took about an hour nap because I was exhausted. Then I turned around and went to sleep early. So today I've been energetic all day. And you were right about the game we're going to get into, man. It was (laughs) a rough game to watch. (laughs) We sat there and hated life the entire game, but the Vikings got the dub. We were both wrong. Jason was right. And hey, we got a game to talk about. Yeah, and yeah, uh, a win's a win in the NFL. You know what I mean? Especially when you're a one and four football team. You can't really, uh, beggars can't be choosers in this situation. The Vikings got it done 19 to 13 over the Chicago Bears. Soldier Field has typically been a place that the Minnesota Vikings have a lot, have had a lot of issues with in the past, but. Over the last couple of years, it actually hasn't been as bad. And obviously, the Bears have had a lot of, is- a lot of issues. Guys, I just got to say right off the bat, uh, that Bears offensive line is going to get Justin Fields destroyed. I mean, he's already out now with a dislocated thumb. My goodness, the first play of the game. I mean, uh, DJ Wanham literally went in untouched first play of the game and just hit him really hard. And it was just... It was, it was kind of tough to watch at plenty of points, but uh, Vikings were pretty opportune on defense in this game, for sure. Got a couple turnovers, a big uh, strip sack by Josh Metellus, scooped up by Jordan Hicks, took that to the house for a touchdown, and then uh, uh, Byron Murphy Jr. with the game-sealing interception on the end against uh, Tyson Badgent, which we can get a lot of breakdown to Tyson Badgent if you guys want to on this episode of Taxi Squad uh, today. But guys, yeah, ugly, as you guys mentioned. Uh, UGL, why we don't got no alibi uh what were your really reactions to just you know an ugly but you got you take what you can get necessary win by the minnesota vikings i hated everything about that game (laughs) sorry sorry i hated everything about that game um it was just it was not an enjoyable experience like when i when they they the vikings play 17 games now that was one. I want to go back to a 16 game schedule. We could do without that game. That was just no fun the entire time. Um, sure, you know, you had, they they won a turnover battle. Who would have thought that the Minnesota Vikings would win a turnover battle? Um, and you know, lo and behold, they win the game. And I mean, there was times where Tyson Bagent, a undrafted D two quarterback out of, you know, somewhere in West Virginia, it was like somewhere. Sh- 
Shepherd or something. You know, General State College. Who cares? Um, Yeah, Shepherd, wherever that is. Shepherd, yeah. Like, he looked, I'm not going to, like, there was spurts where he looked good, and then and then it came back down to earth, which helped the Vikings. But, um, yeah, to, uh, to, you know, get a win, kudos, you know, take that in the locker room. Um, I want to say it was Judd that had it on Purple Daily the other day, though, that was like, treat it, <laughs> treat it as like you lost. Because <laughs> kind of, it feels, it feels like you did. Um, it was not a convincing win. Um, it's the same thing that we had against the, that we saw against the Carolina Panthers, where you get the win, but I feel no better about this team, no more confident. I'm not backing them anymore. Um, I was hoping to see a little more life and, um, I now heading into a game, even though it's a banged up team, the 49ers, arguably the best in the the league. I'm just not super confident in it. Like I, I needed a little bit of a boost to at least like give them a fighting chance, but they didn't really sell me on this team after that, uh, that win on Sunday. So my, my biggest takeaway is that I'm like the needle has not moved for me at all. And you guys might have a, a different opinion there, but it looked like two bad football teams playing against each other. And in past years, that's not a game that I like watch with like the Minnesota Vikings usually are pretty, pretty competitive. So it's not a huge deal. And that's like the throwaway game that maybe like Chris Hansen is going to cut away from on, on red zone for an actual good game. They, like this is not, <laughs> you know, when you get the bonus coverage after the game and it's like, all right, we're going to send it out out to the nation's capital to f- catch the final few minutes of the Jaguars and the commanders. Uh, and, and you're like, all right, I'm going to turn the TV off. I don't need to watch it. <laughs> yeah. That's no longer the case. It is now we're going to send it up to us bank stadium for the final few minutes of Minnesota and whoever. And it's like the Vikings, like why I, I need them to bounce back and show some life. Um, and we'll talk more about it, but I it wouldn't be the it it wouldn't be the worst worst thing if you lose a very competitive game against this team. Like that's that's gonna that's gonna mean more to me than that win this past Sunday against the Bears. And I know that sounds dumb, and there's people that are already in the t- comments now, like typing a paragraph, like what is he talking about? We need to win. in terms of like me feeling confident about this team moving forward. A close, competitive, like down to the wire loss against the 49ers is going to mean a lot more than a one score, uh, one possession win over the Bears, where their starting quarterback was out for an entire half. Yeah, I. They won, bro. They won. <laughs> like that's like that's you know, like you know, like they they won the game. At the end of the day, they needed a win. It's the first win without Justin Jefferson because I don't believe he's missed a single game in his career yet. I could be wrong by that, but I don't believe so. And so I knew that the offense would look a lot different. Um, I knew that you know they wouldn't look as potent without him in the lineup, and they didn't. I mean, Alexander Madison rushed the ball eighteen times, only had forty four yards. T.J. Hawkinson was your leading. Uh, receiver uh, with six receptions, not really a receiver, but your leading pass catcher with six receptions <laughs> on 50 yards. I mean, Jordan Addison caught a touchdown pass. It was nice to see that, but three receptions for 28 yards, KJ Osborne, 48, like you missed Justin Jefferson, um, especially against that defense, which isn't amazing, good enough to slow you down without your best receiver out there. So, I mean, it was nice to see them pull it out with that. It was nice to see the defense step up the way they did. Um, I don't want to harp too much on the fact that it was the Bears because we've seen some wonky stuff this year. 
Yeah. Like we've seen great teams lose the teams they weren't supposed to. I mean, San Francisco, we're about to talk to, talk about them. You know, they just lost to, you know, the Browns that are their starting running back, their starting quarterback. The Philadelphia Eagles lost as well uh, to the Jets, a team that nobody thought they would lose to. And so there's a lot of weird things happen. We saw the Buffalo Bills get pushed to the limit against, you know, the Giants who only put up field goals, the like hold game. So with a week of a lot of weird stuff going on, I think like if I'm a Vikings fan, I don't like how the game looked. It was very ugly, but like you guys said, they won a turnover battle. Finally, finally, they turned the ball over less than the opposite team. They forced turnovers. They won a football game. Um, Justin Fields, I mean, I wish him the best. You know, he messed up his thumb, dislocated that thumb. I think that's on the offensive line just as much as it's on him because, I mean, even when they're blocking, he runs and takes hits that he probably shouldn't take. That's been happening since the start of the season. That's just a part of his game. He's got to do a little bit better as far as not taking hits. But, like, overall, like, we can't say we didn't expect it to look like this, you know? Like, offensively, we knew the offense would be what it was defensively you were hoping that the Vikings could slow down a mobile quarterback. That was the hope. Slow down a mobile quarterback. Don't let Justin Fields kill you like he did previous two weeks against other opponents whose defense I'd arguably say is better. I had to look at the numbers, but I'd say it's debatable. Um, so you beat a team that hasn't won a lot of games but was hot coming into this matchup. So I'm not mad at it. A win is a win. Now, I don't like the fact that the 49ers also lost this week past week i don't like the fact that they lost in in my opinion in embarrassing fashion given the fact that brock purdy didn't play well the defense was hit or miss against the second string quarterback so that does not help the vikings this upcoming week but as far as this specific game you gotta win (laughs) flush it let's get through just try to get through next week (laughs) try to get through next week yeah w is a w you can't complain you were one and four you're two and four you beat the Niners. You're only one game under 500, and we can actually talk about salvaging a season at after this point, um, if you get to that point. Uh, yeah, the pass rush was so good in this game for the Vikings. It was probably the best example. Carolina, the Carolina game was probably the other best example. Uh, Daniel Hunter is now tied for the lead in NFL for sacks at this point. He He's is dominating. He's dominating. He's playing like he wants a good hefty contract next season. I'll tell you that much. Maybe the Minnesota Vikings will give him one. Um, But the devastating news, just to know, talk about the negative for just a little bit. Marcus Davenport going on IR. That stinks because he looked really, really good in the Carolina game. He looked really, really good before he got hurt in this game. Now, it wasn't that ankle that has been injured uh, throughout the season so far up to this point. It was the opposite ankle. So, I mean, what are you going to really do about that? He is going to be out for the next four to six weeks, uh, which stinks because it seemed like guys, especially like I mentioned him right off the top of the show, DJ Wanham got right into Justin Fields right there, right away for a sack. And now I feel like, well, okay, with Davenport being out, that's going to put more pressure on Wanham to be able to uh, excel. And it seemed like he was really, really getting into a good rhythm uh, over the last couple of weeks. And that's, that that's a bummer, but otherwise, still like Jordan Hicks was absolutely fantastic in this game throughout. The, I think he got a NFC Defensive Player of the Week. I believe he got uh, that up for grabs, that honor. So that's really cool. And uh, otherwise, it was just the best all around performance by this defense so far. Of course, yes, you were dealing with an undrafted quarterback uh, who, yeah, like artist and AJ had mentioned, like did perform a little bit. Uh, Tyson Bajan was able to lead a touchdown drive, uh, but yeah, he did 
the floater to Byron Murphy Jr. was just, I mean, you, you chalked it up to inexperience. What are you going to do? Um, again, just to talk about the negatives too, really quick. That lateral that Kirk Cousins attempted to get to Cam Anchors that ultimately wasn't ruled a fumble, but yeah. probably should have been ruled a fumble. Um, my goodness, out of all the silly plays we've seen from the Minnesota Vikings up to this point in this season, um, I mean, we're lucky it didn't count, but goodness gracious, that might have been, I don't know what Kirk was thinking on that play. At that point, you just take the sack. I, I don't know. know what Cam was thinking either, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> Bro, just get the ball. And I don't, I really, I don't know if you guys disagree. I didn't see any replay that de- de- deemed that that should have been the bears ball it looked like the d- defender controlled it, but I, I don't know if there was another angle. They didn't show it on TV, but we totally lucked out with that one. Totally lucked out with that one, but that was just, that that was just absolutely ridiculous. And I know like statistically Kirk did have a decent game, but my goodness, it just, we still are, even though we won and we'll take these wins, we are still just mired in these turnover issues, guys. I don't know what the solution is at this point. <laughs> Kevin O'Connell has said that they've like bought equipment. I don't know what that really means. I know like in training camp, they have those giant Q-tip looking things that they like bat uh, the players with or whatever. I don't know if they had to buy like a thousand more of those. I don't, I don't really know, but I mean, we talk about it every week. There's not going to really be a solution to this at this point, right? It's just something we're going to have to deal with all season long. Just I hope they kept the receipt on all that equipment because it's not working yet. <laughs> like no, they're, no. Still, they're still dropping the ball. Like it's like it's not like a bad like like it's a bad habit. You like, just got to yeah go to Walmart and grab some duct tape. I, that's all you really oh, need. Yeah, you ever watch the Little Giants? The movie Little Giants? Uh, no, I never have. No, oh my god, you should. It's, you would you would actually love it. But oh. there's a scene where this guy he can't catch the ball, so he gets mm. like this super sticky glue, and it's like sticking all over. That's what they need. They yes. need they need that sticky glue where they can't even like pull it apart. Um, just I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on with this team. No, they need the bubble gum that was on David Tyree's helmet in the Super Bowl against the Patriots when he made that catch. I don't know what they need, but I know and- what they need. An illegally banned MLB substance. I don't know. They need the hit. They oh, spider attack. Yes. Um, they need. They need a hypno a hypnotist. A hypnotist to come in and like you will now like you're falling into a deep sleep and when you hold the football you your arms will lock into place. It will be impossible and snap out of it. And then they don't remember anything. And then we don't have any fumbles the rest of the season. I think it I just solved it. it it's yes. weird because you you know it has to be a talking point at every practice, at every meeting, every so day. Go, guys, point? we yeah. turned the ball over again this week. Let's try not to do it this next week. <laughs> guys, we did it again this week. Let's try to clean this up. <laughs> guys, okay, we didn't fumble this week, but we threw a couple picks. Yeah. We got to clean this up. Guys, okay, we it's threw like- picks. And fumbled this week. We gotta, yo. It's to the point where I'm pretty sure KLC, after everything that's happened this this week, went to the meeting and said, guys, (laughs) at least we won the turnover battle. (laughs) At least we did it. We did it. (laughs) At least we did that. We'll talk about the rest before the game. 
He probably just feels like a parent who's like asked his kid to clean his room over and over and over again. And he just won't do it. And there's like a half eaten bowl of ramen in the corner, just dirty clothes in the hamper and everything. And Kevin O'Connell's just so defeated every time he knows there's nothing he can do. He's just like, come on, Billy, just clean your room, bud. Just clean your room. No, dad, I don't want to clean my room. Oh, my gosh. That's got a roommate like that in college. Oh my gosh, I was very nice guy, super fun guy, but just like it's like, hey, why do we have why do we have three three plates only? And then there's seven that have like mold and like oh, that's stacked in the room. I'm like, oh my god, I'm not gonna say his name, but oh, Oh. super nice guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've all run into a couple people like that every now and then. Maybe been that ourselves Uh. as well. Uh, yeah, but overall, guys, just uh. Ugly win, win, ugly win, ugly win for the Minnesota Vikings. You got the job done onto the San Francisco 49ers. But first, there were some pretty intriguing headlines throughout the week uh, for the Minnesota Vikings, uh, particularly in regards to our quarterback, Kirk Cousins. A lot of speculation, obviously, because of the condition of the team and the poor record about, okay, maybe is an in-trade, uh, in-season trade with Kirk Cousins uh, possible? Uh, there was even speculation a little bit uh, before the season, but now considering the Vikings are below 500, a um, lot of stuff has been circulating. But in particular, there was news um, that Kirk actually isn't really expecting to waive his no trade clause if it is presented to him uh that really nothing's been approaching him about that at this point but it looks like as of right now that you know kirk would maybe be a little bit hesitant to do that but uh even peter king has been on the record saying that hey you know what a kirk trade isn't necessarily impossible now that uh Peter King did say that before the Kirk uh, waiver clause, uh, the waiver claim clause uh, came out or whatever that news. And so uh, take that for what you will. But, um, you know, obviously a lot has to happen for this Minnesota Vikings for us to really just invest in the season and think that they're going to be able to turn around. Obviously, San Francisco is going to be a little bit hobbled. We'll talk about that in the set in a second. But guys, really, what are your reactions? Are you surprised at all about this news that Kirk would waive or would not waive his no trade clause, even though it's kind of been assumed, I think, throughout most circles that he probably wants to stay in Minnesota for the entire season? I, I'm not shocked. I'm just I'm slightly surprised, but I'm not shocked um, just because I would like to think that a guy who some consider like top 15, some consider top 10, uh, like at their job in the world would want to have that like competitive flame of if the team that I'm currently on is not on the right path to set me up to be a champion, then I'm open to an extent to have a conversation about like, okay, I move here and all this other stuff. And, and maybe it's just like the reality, like, maybe the end goal of that trade is not close enough in the, like the path for him to like actually consider it. So he's just shutting it down as of right now. But um, I I would like to think that a guy of his, in his position would want to take an opportunity if it's possible to at least consider going to try to win and like leading a team to win a Super Bowl Cause that's the, I mean, that's, I think that ends a lot of conversations about him, which if I were him, it would bug me that for how long, however long it's been, it's like there's this narrative around you and, you know, people are so divisive. Like for how bland of a guy he is and oh, no. he's, he's, you know, he's like a graham cracker. 
Um, he's good, but he, he, you know, he's not spicy or anything. He he's fine. Um, he's very polarizing <laughs> to, to NFL fans. So I would like to think that he would want to at least talk about it. But at the same time, the part that is, is not as shocking and not as surprising to me is like, he's a family guy. He, you know, he's established himself in the community. He knows that the people who do like him here, love him here. And, you know, he's a family guy. So, you know, his wife, I'm sure she loves where they're at. She loves the house. She loves the neighborhood. The kids have probably made friends at school and they're, you know, they're all settled in and he, he doesn't want to uproot their, their lives and move for, you know, a half season or something like that. But he also doesn't want to say, all right, you know, I got to go and try to win football games, you know, States over. So um, I did the heart part of it. He, I, I think, I think of Kirk Cousins as more of a dad first than a quarterback, you know. And I'm sure, yeah, that's at the end of the day, I understand that because the like family comes first before jobs and stuff. But you only have so limited time too as a top, arguably ten quarterback in the NFL to like have that chance. And if there's a team that's out there that thinks that you are the final piece of the puzzle. There has to be a conversation. So to shut it down and have reports leaking and coming out this early, I think is that's the surprising part to me. Uh, my first thought was, well, there goes that idea because it's the best thing for the Vikings. It's the best thing to do for the Vikings right now, because I think they've made it clear that he's not getting a huge extension this offseason. Like, that's just not going to happen. And I think that's what he wants. Like, it's either you move on from the team now or you move on from the team at the end of the season. At the end of the day, it's going to happen. Now, it comes down to what's best for the team. The best thing for the team is to move on from you and get something back. What's not best for the team is for you to move on and they get nothing back in return for you, which it looks like it's probably going to happen unless – you know, the Vikings decide randomly at the end of the season, wait, we want to run this back. Let's get bring them back again and let's start this all over. And maybe it's different with Justin Jefferson healthy again. Maybe it's different if we draft right. Maybe it's different if we go sign this free agent, which we know it won't be different. And so am I shocked? I wouldn't say I'm shocked because of everything AJ just said about him being a family man and him loving Minnesota, his family loving Minnesota, I'm sure, and him just being comfortable here. Was I shocked, kind of, or surprised from the standpoint of football? Kind of. Like, bro, how much How many, How many? much time does Kirk have left to compete at this level? It's not a lot of time. He's probably got three, four years max. Max? I feel like I'm kind of pushing it um, to compete at the level mm-hmm. that he's competing at, to compete for a potential championship, something that he's never done. And so it's like, You've been comfortable pretty much your whole career. You've been in Minnesota now for a very, very long time. Like, I would think at some point, it's like, like you said, AJ, I only have a little bit, a, a limited amount of time to do this. If there's a team out there that thinks I'm the final piece, let's make the move. Let's, and especially if the Vikings have kind of made it clear that they don't really want you. And that's another element of it, too. Like, football players can be prideful. Football players... You know, they, they work off, you know, athletes in general, a lot of times kind of work off that pride and that confidence and that, you know, the team wants me, the team needs me. But if the team gives you that vibe, like, yeah, we really don't want you back. Yeah, we, we kind of want to trade you. Then I would think 
he will be like, okay, well then shoot, trade me then. If y'all think y'all could be better without me, go ahead and try it and see what happens. So especially if you could trade me to a potential team that I feel like I could truly compete with to make some sort of playoff run, which we know is probably not going to happen right now with the Vikings. So I don't know. I know we got killed in the comment section this past week because we were talking about trades with Kirk Cousins. He has a no trade clause. He's not going to waive it. And people were going back and forth. He is going to waive it. It's possible. Da, da, da. And it's like, dude, you guys sit around and talk about this all the time. You act like you know what you're talking about. And Bro. it's like, dude, everybody's talking about him potentially getting right. traded because it is a thing. But now he shot it down. Yeah. And I personally, I don't think this is the end of it. I don't think I, I feel like it's gonna come back up again. No, it's just so much fun to talk about. It is, it is. But like, now, I'll be honest. But but now it's like it's it's probably you're right. You're probably right. It's probably not gonna happen. He's probably you know stuck on being here in Minnesota because of his family and all of that. And I I I understand family. I don't understand football. That's what I don't understand. But hey, to each their own. I'll do Kirk a favor here. I will be the Kirk. I'll be Kirk's bodyguard in a sense to where I'm going to respect his wishes and and for the foreseeable future, unless he, unless I hear from his lips that he will waive his no trade clause and think about a move. I will shut down every single Kirk cousins trade talk on this show. I bow to Kirk cousins. I will be your bodyguard. Kirk. I will be on the front lines for you. (laughs) Of this show that. specifically, no, Good. really nowhere else. Both <laughs> your second stand. Yeah, Kirk deserves it. We all love shopping at Kohl's. What a nice guy. You know, hey, what now, what, hey, don't they? Kohl's is a good f- establishment I'm now. I'm saying, yeah. I'm trying to, I try to say that without sarcasm. When I commit to a bit. I'm committing to a bit. Okay. It's the best. It's <laughs> the best. Yeah. No, I see. I just think it's the chances are so small that he does waive the no trade clause uh, just for all the reasons that you guys laid out. He doesn't like uprooting his family. I don't think he likes being away from his family. And I think e- even as a leader, I get the vibe from Kirk Cousins that. He doesn't want to like abandon a team midseason, even if it means potentially going to a new opportunity. I think Kirk, to his credit, does fully invest in his teams before the season starts. And that uh, develops a lot of camaraderie along among uh, his teammates in the locker room. And so I just that that's also another thing about Kirk is that I just don't think he would want to do that. I think he likes to see things through. And I think he wants to see this thing through with the Minnesota Vikings, Uh, the chance of of him returning next season. I think are pretty slim. I think Kirk is even self-aware enough to know that the writing is on the wall. It's very likely that he's going to be on a different team next year. And so you would think the competitor in him would want to maybe go try to get an opportunity, uh, play for like a team like the New York Jets or heck, I've, I've even heard like uh, going back to Washington rumors, maybe uh, maybe floating around. I don't know how committed they are to the Sam Howell project uh, in D.C., but uh, that would be a that would be a I don't know if Kirk would wave his no trade clause to go back uh, to Washington. I, he's going to stick around. Uh, we even got a report from Mike Jones from The Athletic that the Vikings, quote, aren't throwing in the towel on the season so not only does that i know artist is shaking his head i'm guessing that probably also can you ducktail that in with the possibility that kirk is not going to waive that no trade clause i mean let's be honest 
are they going to say that? Like, you still have Kirk That's Cousins. That's you true. still yeah. You still have some pretty solid talent on this team to just be six games in, coming off of a win and being like, you know what? Yeah, we're just going <laughs> to we're gonna back it in. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. That's, I mean, they... I'd be interested to, to reevaluate that in like four weeks when Justin Jefferson is eligible to come off of IR. That's going to be so interesting because mm-hmm. I, I think – the trade deadline will have, well, I mean, if, if he's being careful about it, he's going to use that full six weeks. You know what I mean? If not more. And so I think the trade deadline will have already passed. So we'll probably know a ton about what the condition of this Vikings team is in now. Now that doesn't mean that we're still not in a position to maybe trade off some other ancillary pieces. I mean, mentioned him earlier at a defensive player of the week this week, Jordan Hicks. I mean, his value probably skyrocketed over the weekend. Maybe you could get a decent draft pick return for him at this point. Uh, maybe some other guys too. Maybe you could even look at guys like KJ Osborne as well. Um, obviously, I mean, I don't want to trade him because uh, we mentioned earlier, earlier he leads the league or is in tied uh for the league in sacks right now daniel hunter that's still a potential opportunity um so even though we're getting these reports guys i mean i'm hoping that quasi Mensa is still smart enough to realize that like all right we're not the season's really not going anywhere um i i do think and we'll start breaking down the niners game here uh really quick and previewing it um i do think maybe a niners win would give this organization a little bit of life too as we're seeing with this athletic quote, uh, aren't throwing in the towel. Maybe just maybe because uh, that schedule gets pretty soft in November. Uh, we'll we'll have to see. But uh, yeah, let's get into this Niners preview right now. Uh, San Francisco, uh, to say the least, is having a little bit of injury issues right now. They uh, lost uh, Christian McCaffrey to an oblique injury uh, against the uh, Cleveland Browns. Also, Debo, Debo Samuel and Trent Williams dealing with some issues, too. We'll see how they practice this week. Um, guys, uh, the Vikings, I think, are currently six and a half point dogs to the Niners right now. Um, other injury issues for the Vikings as of right now, Ezra Cleveland is questionable. Caleb Evans is questionable, but that's pretty much it. We obviously know Marcus Davenport's situation. So just got to ask you, I mean, are you guys at least a little bit encouraged going into this game because of the condition and the health of the San Francisco 49ers right now? No. Oh. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm not. Uh I think I will be again, I will be more encouraged if the if the 49ers are coming off a dominant win against a great team. Last week was the perfect time to catch the 49ers. They were fresh off of an emotional win over the Cowboys, a team that they have owned over the last couple of years, a team that a lot you of love people saying do. that, don't you? Yeah, yes. Oh, God, yes, yes. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, but yes, fresh off of, I'll say it again, a dominant win over the Dallas Cowboys, who they've owned over the last couple of years, um, owned a lot over the last couple of years, playoffs, everything. Um, mm-hmm. But they... They gave a lot to that game, I feel like. You know, they I feel like they prepped different for that game. You saw George Kittle in the end zone with the FU Cowboys shirt on and all of that. And you know, That's it was it was a lot, you know, or oh. it, it, it was a it was a lot. It was a lot of trash talk going on before and after the game between Micah Parsons and Debo Samuel. So I feel like that kind of lingered over. And when you have an emotional game like that and you feel on top of the world, you're due for kind of a letdown game. And I feel like that was the perfect time to have a letdown game against the Browns. who you may have kind of overlooked because they're the Browns. They don't have Watson. They don't have Nick Chubb. Um, And they got caught slipping. Now, the Browns got like the best defense in the league. So you don't want to sleep on that. 
But I say all that to say if the 49ers were on top of their game, they probably blow the Browns out with or without Deshaun Watson because he hasn't looked great this season either. And so I say all that to say coming into this week, now they're back up again. Now they've been embarrassed. Now they're like, okay, we got to get another. We got to get a win. We got to stay on top of the NFC. We got to get our momentum back. I don't expect all of those guys to miss this week. You know, maybe Christian McCaffrey, but, you know, I kind of expect Debo to play. I expect Trent Williams to play. He finished the game last week. And so I expect those guys to be on the field. And if they are on the field, I don't think they have anything for the 49ers offense. I I just don't. I think they're going to have a great day. Brock Purdy had a terrible game. He was looking like a potential MVP candidate before last game. And now people are really down on him. The media has been kind of bashing him. So he's looking for kind of a bounce back game. Shanahan is looking for a bounce back game. And then defensively, they played decent, but they kind of got gashed up a bit by the second string quarterback out there for Cleveland. So they're going to be out for a vengeance as well. And if they're not the best defense, they're at least the second best defense in the league. Maybe not statistics. I have to check that, but they're probably the second best defense in the league, just eye test wise. And so, the Vikings is different if you catch them coming off a dominant win with Justin Jefferson. It's different because they have nothing for Justin Jefferson. You can feed him all day, and that can kind of open things up, and then maybe you can hope for some turnovers, hope, hope for, for some miraculous things. You know, you're at home, so maybe some things bounce your way. But off a loss for the 49ers without your best player, I don't like the matchup at all for Minnesota. And I'm talking – at all not gonna lie yeah and the funny thing about that is like i agree with you on the like it's you don't want to catch them coming off a loss but it's weird because and i'm gonna acknowledge this just because why you know they're gonna want to win every game that's true that's but but it but you're right because it it does like dropping last week they like this is now like a must win because you know that one loss can be the difference later on down the road because they're gonna they're going to lose more games but mm-hmm. that one could be like the you know ho- consistent home field advantage in the playoffs or something like that mm-hmm. so um I'm I can't wait to see as we progress towards Monday in the Vikings. This is where the scheduling kind of it's, it's prime time too. I forgot. Oh my god, oh, yes. man. Oh man. This oh, this god. is where the Vikings they get a good like if, if there's gonna be a week to take on the 49ers, it's this week when they're all banged up. But because it's Monday, that's one extra day mm-hmm. for possibly Christian McCaffrey to be back. I know oblique injuries are are serious, but I've already I've seen varying reports where like it's possible he's there and some people are like, Oh, he's more than likely not playing. So I, I'd, I'll start making this call on like Friday or Saturday, but if he even plays with one leg, he's going to run for 150 yards and three touchdowns, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Cause the, the, we've seen the Vikings run defense so far. Um, like we, we, at the start of the bears game, why were they throwing the ball at all? Right. They were, they were doing just fine. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, yeah, that that's, that's the one thing that is my like big storyline is whether or not they're going to have what Jordan Mason in the backfield mm-hmm. or Chris McCaffrey. Cause that guy's a completely different animal. And I think he would tear the Vikings up, but it's, I, like I said, I said at the top of the show, I'm not, the needle has not been moved on this team. Despite the win over the bears there. It's a win, 
that's awesome. I'm glad you're now four and two and you're progressing in the right direction, but you, you did not bolster enough confidence as in me as somebody who views you every week to give you a good fighting chance here. You're going to score some touchdowns. Yeah. You know, you're, that's just how football works. But I think after like the first quarter, there's never going to like you, you watch games sometimes and you're, you're like, okay, they're going to win this game. I'm, I'm, I would feel no stress. I don't care if they score on it. Like they're, if they get scored on, they're going to respond. The Vikings now in this one, I think after a quarter, you'd be like, oh. it's not over, but it's, it's over. Like I, I, I don't, I'd throw this around word or this word around like a little too much at times, but the 49ers, they have that aura, mm-hmm. that aura. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like some of those teams, you just like, you, you're like, Oh, that that's like a championship caliber team. Yeah. Yeah. That is a top tier juggernaut team. And even hurt banged up with all these key pieces that they may or may not be missing before Monday night in a prime time game. Those teams that have aura, they rise to the occasion and they find a way through good coaching through ne- that next man up mentality, just through good game planning. They're going to be fine. And plus, like Arda said, as much as I think it's a dumb thing at times, they're coming off a loss. They're not going to want to lose again in prime time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's as much as I want it to be like a, a close fought game. If the Vikings can, can keep it within six and like make me feel like, oh, they have a chance. I'd be, I'm not going to say I'd be satisfied with them losing, but that's, that's progress. Cause I'm not expecting them to like be competitive in the second half of this game. Yeah, for sure. I was actually looking up the defensive stats. I'm stunned to find out that the Vikings rush defense actually has a lower yards per carry than the Niners. Uh, we're at 3.7, yeah. they're at 4. So technically, technically, even though, I mean, all it they, took really a Deontay Foreman and uh, the other running back for the Bears to really kind of just run off us. Uh, well, no, no, there was the other running back as well. I forget. Sorry, no, that was just Harrington a bad Harrington <laughs> Evans. Uh, but this pass defense is elite. And we talk about all the injuries that the Niners are dealing with. They're all offensive injuries. The defense is pretty much good to go. Really, the only guy on the list is uh, Dre Greenlaw. Otherwise, this defense is playing at an absolute elite level. Probably the best defense that the Vikings have played up to this point. And they aren't going to be phased by really anything that the I think the Vikings are going to throw at them. Um, yes, they were probably rattled a little bit by the Browns. That was kind of a muddy, rainy game anyway. Kind of an environmental game. They're going to be in a dome stadium, a controlled environment everything's going to be pretty much smooth. Kyle Shanahan just is one of the most elite coaches in all the NFL. Respect the heck out of him. It will always be the, one of the biggest what-ifs about what he could have done with Kirk Cousins, but I don't think that will ever come to fruition because Brock Purdy is a stud. I know he had a bad game in Cleveland, uh, but this guy has been pretty dang good all season long. He's allowed to have a bad game. And uh, for a team like the Vikings that likes to blitz a lot, we blitz, I think, 72% of the time against the Bears. Uh, Brock Purdy has a 108 rating against the Blitz. Now, that was 
a 55 against the Browns, but we talked about it. That Browns pass rush is elite as elite as the San Francisco 49ers. So it was a tough test. The Minnesota Vikings aren't going to be able to throw that kind of stuff, especially now that Marcus Davenport is hurt. This really, really stinks because I think if we had Davenport in this game, guys, I think that could at least maybe sway a couple uh, points towards the Vikings favor. I don't think they'd be, what is it? Six and a half, seven point on dogs. I think that maybe even be closer to like four or five. Even I think Marcus Davenport would have made that much of a difference, but him not being out there really, really stinks. Um, Obviously we need some time throughout the week to see how these injuries progress. Obliques really aren't something to mess with. Those things can last a long time. And obviously, I mean, this is Christian McCaffrey. The Niners are already a pretty good spot in the standings I'm sure that they don't want to rush him and frankly even if he didn't play I think the Niners still have a pretty darn good shot of beating the Minnesota Vikings anyway we'll see what happens with Debo Samuel but I can if Trent Williams is hobbled at least in the very least um, that will be an interesting thing if we can exploit Um, but still it's this is going to be a a tough uphill battle the Niners are going to want to fix pretty much everything they did wrong in that Niners game and I'm just not too I know Kirk Cousins had statistically a good game but this Niners team is pretty darn good in the turnover margin themselves I mean if it's been a problem for the Vikings all season long I mean who are we to say that it's not going to be a problem here on Monday Night Football against the San Francisco uh, 49ers although I I admit to I was a little bit encouraged by the productivity of Jordan Addison KJ Osborne um, for the Vikings against the Bears I totally expected TJ Hawkinson to be the guy for that game that's what he's paid to do that's what I wanted him to do but I thought the production was good Um, it I even though obviously man the second half of that game the Vikings offense just stalled those three and outs were so frustrating in the second half of that Bears game plenty of opportunities to close them out but you let Tyson Bajan and those guys get back into the game it was very frustrating um you can't play like that obviously uh in this game if you're the Minnesota Vikings even you, you can't even play like that, like how you played against the Chiefs. You're going to even have to do better than that. Um, it, it's going to be incredibly tough. You even got, I mean, even when these guys are hurt, you'd think that losing your best wide receiver, Debo Samuel, and maybe your best running back, Christian McCaffrey, would be devastating for this offense. Meanwhile, you still, meanwhile, you still have Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle right there. I know Kittle had a terrible game against the Browns, but he had three touchdowns the week before that. He was on my fantasy team. Let's go. That was really appreciated. Uh, um, oh my gosh. Do you guys want to predict this one? Um, I'm kind of getting the, the vibe and the room isn't going to be too kind towards the Minnesota Vikings, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe somebody will surprise us. So why don't we start with Mr. AJ Fredrickson on his prediction of who will win between the San Francisco 49ers and Minnesota Vikings on Monday Night Football, y'all? All right. I, uh, yeah, I said, I said, I'm not feeling too confident with the Vikings. But I'm gonna spin. No, 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 I'm not gonna spin. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to the script yeah. that I had the entire show. Um, this is forty. 40- show, by the way, just like the NFL. Yes, <laughs> the 49ers are gonna win this game. They're gonna improve to six and one. Um, God, one of these weeks, I'm gonna just predict a tie. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. Uh, no, so the 49ers are gonna win. I think they're like I said. They have that aura around them. I think they're going to rise to the occasion despite having some missing key pieces on offense. The defense is going to – it's going to be a defensive clinic for the 49ers. Um, I'm going to say that the 49ers are going to win this game 27-17. 
27-17 is going to be my, my final score. All right. Artists? Uh, I think the Niners put up at least 30 points. Uh, I, I really think coming off of a loss is a big deal, especially for a team like the Niners who like to talk. I mean, they talk so much trash. They just <laughs> – they're a very prideful team, I feel like. I could be wrong in that assessment, but I feel like I'm right on the money. And I feel like they're going to be looking to respond in a big way. I think that defense um, is going to – Make a lot of plays against an offense that cannot stop turning the ball over. And the last thing you want to do against the 49ers is turn the ball over because they know how to cash in. Um, so I expect them to rebound. I would feel a bit differently, again, if Justin Jefferson was available. I think their offense will be a lot harder to deal with. But since Justin Jefferson is not there and what you have is Jordan Addison and you have um, TJ Hawkinson, I, I don't think you put up more than 30 points this week. 13. Um, I, I mean, you see what they did to Dallas. <laughs> you see what they did to Dallas. Bring it up um, again, dude. Come on. Come on. Seriously. I, I I would have to say like 13 to 31. 31 especially prime time to that. We all know that makes a difference. So sorry, Vikings fans. After this, spoiler alert, I think you have a run of wins coming. But I have to be realistic about that's all about this game. This game is I don't think it's gonna be a pretty game. I hope I'm wrong for obvious reasons, (laughs) but I don't think I'm wrong about this. 13 going on 31. Whoo, we okay. Um, yeah, I hate to also be a bearer of bad news, but I, no matter what the injury issues the San Francisco 49ers are dealing with right now, I think this will be too much of a hilt for the Minnesota Vikings to overcome. Um, I'm very encouraged by the defense. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll see. Maybe we can still keep this type of pass rush pressure on quarterbacks, even without Marcus Davenport. Maybe DJ Wanham has unlocked something now that will keep him at this kind of a consistent level. That would be awesome if we got an awesome game out of him, especially if maybe, maybe Trent Williams is banged up for the Niners. But still, they have a ton of weapons. Brock Purdy is a very good quarterback. I'm not at all of the belief that like the jury's still out on him. I think he's going to be a solid NFL starter for several years to come. We'll see what his ceiling is like. Um, But yeah, it just, Justin Jefferson missing last week was glaring, even though I still don't think him being not in the game was the reason why those Vikings three and outs happened in the second half against the bears. I think there were a whole bunch of other issues beyond just Justin Jefferson not being in the game. Uh, I would like to see more cam acres. If we don't mind in this game, Um, he caught a couple passes against the bears. And if he could get more involved at this point, I mean, we saw, I think a decent amount of what Alexander Madison can do against the bears. So, I mean, I don't think it would hurt to get cam Akers involved here, but still uh, it's going to be too much for the Vikings to overcome. I think the San Francisco Niners win. What'd you say again, AJ? What was your score? What was it? Okay. 20, you said 27. Okay. I don't want to do 27 as well. I'll say uh 28. I'll do the prices right thing. Do like $1 above you. And I'll say final scores uh, 28. It'll still be close because the Vikings have played in one score games this entire season. It'll still be a one possession game. We'll go with 28 to uh, 23 Niners over the Vikes, unfortunately. So, uh, I hope, I hope I'm wrong as well. Hope I'm wrong as well. But we'll see what the Vikings can do. If they win, if they win, we got an interesting conversation next week about if they can salvage the season or not. Because, again, that schedule gets 
soft. Gentlemen, another fantastic episode of the Score North Taxi Squad. We got to wrap things up. We got to go listen to our Creed albums. We got a lot to listen to. They're a great band. Uh, Any final thoughts before we get on out of here for the day? No, sir. That's it. Again, I hope I'm wrong about the prediction. I truly do. (laughs) I truly Uh, do. Through through three games, the Wild look all right. They shine at times. The power play still needs work. But the penalty kill is oh so deadly. Two pe- uh, two shorthanded goals in twenty five seconds last night. What a, what a team! Brand, the, the two Deweys, do aim and doer, just oh just maniacs out there. Um, the Kirill first of the season from almost you no know, zero angle. Gotta love it. Um, but however. Alex Goligoski to LTIR um, week to week status for Matthew Boldy, which stinks. Cause I was yeah. very much looking forward to his 80 plus point season. Uh, <laughs> so that's been put on hold as of now. Um, but Sammy Walker, who showed a lot of, uh, a lot of spark, a lot of life. He brought a lot of energy to the team last year. He's a speedy guy. He's kind of a, a whirling dervish. If that uh, oh. people that have seen kicking and screaming know what that means. Um, he, he he's getting called up in replace of Alex Golgoski, but a team that had to play 11 forwards and six defensemen, arguably seven. If you want to put Dakota Murmur as like a, almost like a two way guy last night, mm-hmm. uh, they looked pretty darn good. So um, I'm excited to see if they can kind of keep some winning ways as they return home this week. Yeah, and the Minnesota Timberwolves got their preseason kicked off. I can't remember the name of the team that they played, but it's from Israel. Maccabi? Maccabi, yes. Thank you for saving me right there, AJ. Uh, He's a hockey fan. He's good with saves. Uh, Yes, Timberwolves season is pretty much right around the corner. Uh, They didn't play really any of their significant starters, but Luca Garza went off for, I believe, like 33 points or whatever. So as the twin season, yeah, so the twin season ends, uh, these new seasons begin. Uh, The regular season for the Timberwolves starts here in a couple of weeks and like aj said hockey is going on right now and it's getting brisk outside they got a little bit cold here in minnesota i think it's going to get down into like the high 30s next week uh no thank you anyway this has been the score north taxi squad it's available uh, let's see on scorenorth.com a score north mobile app uh spotify apple i do this with my fingers leave me alone uh <laughs> youtube channel as well the score north one don't forget uh yeah uh the crab legs too i'm, I'm like james Winston. And you know, visual aid, visual aid, it's good for the your body. We're hungry, we got a W in Soldier Field, baby. You know, don't need no Italian beef. We got crab legs anyway. My name is Jason Stormer, that's AJ Fredrickson, that is Artist Woods. We got to get out of here. We but we will talk to you next week on the Score North Taxi Squad. Take care, bye. See you.